Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. To get some runs here in the first and a fly ball right field. Back goes Santander at the wall. It's gone. The first grand slam of the season for the Padres in Slam Diego belongs to Gary Sanchez. And the Padres take a 5 nothing lead in the first. All right, home run call of the day yesterday inside the park home run. Home run call of the day today to kick things off on this beautiful day is, yes, a grand slam. Don Arcillo calling the grand slam. Gary Sanchez, San Diego Padres roll over the Orioles so there you go, home run call of the day. And by the way, we also want to give a shout-out to our guy Sam Dykstra, MLB Pipeline, who does obviously an awesome job of ranking all things when it comes to Major League Baseball's prospects. They just, MLB Pipeline just came out with their rankings. Which team has the best prospects? Which team has the best farm system? Well, here you go. Spoiler alert, the Baltimore Orioles haven't gone anywhere. They're number one. Pirates go from preseason eight to number two. Then the Brewers go from preseason number 15 to three. Cubs, preseason number 12 to four. 
And the Reds. We talked a lot about the Reds farm system. Well, they were preseason number five. They stay at five as well. And, of course, then you have Dodgers and then the Tampa Bay Rays rounding things up in the top seven. So just wanted to give you that. We're hoping to have maybe Sam on to talk through this a little bit more, how these teams landed. Obviously, this comes after the draft. This comes after the trade deadline. This comes after everything's been sifted out when it comes to these these teams adding all these players. Well, that's not really what we're talking about today on today's podcast. What we're talking about today is a great story. We love great stories. We had some great stories from John Diebel, Pacific Rim coordinator, for the Los Angeles Dodgers scouter, scouting director for the Pacific Rim. He has some unbelievable stories, some great stories. Go listen to that podcast from yesterday. And today, it's a great story, but in a different way. It is a single player who has an unbelievable story. Jordan Weems. And a lot of people say, well, Jordan Weems, who's Jordan Weems? Well, let me tell you who Jordan Weems is. Jordan Weems is one of the best relief pitchers in Major League Baseball and certainly in the National League right now. He is a guy who pitches for the Washington Nationals, 31 outings, 2-4-1 ERA, hits 99 on the gun. Just a really, really good relief pitcher. Big guy, 6-4, imposing. All right, so there's some guys like that. Why are we focusing on Jordan? Why did I sit down with Jordan Weems in the dugout? Well, because I thought he was an unbelievable story. Good guy, too. Always like to sit down with good guys. But Jordan Weems is a 30-year-old pitcher who was drafted in the 2011 draft by the Boston Red Sox. Third-round pick. Now, to give you context to this, in the 2011 draft, the Red Sox also had a fourth-round pick. That was Mookie Betts. So Jordan Weems was drafted a round before Mookie Betts. Jordan Weems was also drafted not as a pitcher, but as a catcher. And as you're about to find out, he was so far from being a pitcher, it wasn't even funny. His dad was a professional catcher. He was a catcher, a highly touted catcher out of Columbus, Georgia High School. Columbus High School in Georgia. So here you go. 2011 Red Sox pick Jordan Weems, third round as a catcher, the catcher of the future. Flash forward to a few years later. Well, you're going to have to listen to the podcast how this all took a turn. It's unbelievable. He, uh, spoiler alert, he basically says or is told, you're not catching anymore, but if you want to keep going, we have this other avenue to take is pitching. Pitching. And as you're going to hear, his history with pitching was nothing. Nothing. His, his history with pitching was what we're going to be watching on Sunday or we're going to be reminded on Sunday when Major League Baseball, when Jordan Weems and Washington Nationals take on the Phillies in Williamsport, it was Little League. Pitching. That's it. And all the good players pitch in Little League. Come on. So the Boston Red Sox, they said to him, if you want to keep going, you you would you got to try pitching. The reaction was priceless. So I don't want to spoil the entire story for you. I want Jordan to be able to tell you. So it's one thing to go from catcher to pitcher. It's another thing to actually do it well. Now, this wasn't overnight at all. 2020, he finally breaks in the major leagues at 27 years old with the Oakland A's. Pitches in nine games. Okay. So then you go to 2021. 
He's also with the Oakland A's, and he's also with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Pitches in a total of seven games, 15-8-8 ERA. Again, nothing special. Hanging on, hanging on. Finally, before the 2022 season, he signs for the Nationals. Now, he pitches in 30 game, 32 games for the Nationals, but certainly not at the place where he's like, oh, okay, your career, you're taking off. No question about it. And if you stopped right there, you say, oh, that's a nice little story. He's a catcher turned pitcher, and now he made it to the major leagues. But now he's 30 years old. He's with the Nationals. He's bouncing up and down. Oh, well. But now we go to the here and the now. Unbelievable. This guy has been nails, nails. His latest example came in his just in his most recent game, which was Tuesday night. Blowing 99 past his former organization. Like I said, 2-4-1 ERA. Big opposing guy. He is just absolutely the type of reliever that every team would want right now. And it's part of the building blocks. The Nationals are an interesting team because they do have some good young talent. I don't know if you want to classify Jordan Weems as part of that good young talent. But he's talented, but he's 30 years old. But that's okay. He's got plenty of time left, and he's got plenty of time to even make, make the story even better. But we want to stop, reflect, and react to what really, really is a great story. And this is why we want to have him on. All right, at BB isn't boring. Go to the socials, Twitter, Instagram, by the gear, damn near perfect game, the book. And, of course, thank you, FanDuel, for sponsoring us, for being part of our Baseball Isn't Boring Express making this whole thing happen. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope that everybody's enjoying If you have any ideas, please hit me up at Bradfo. But once again, great story, another great story. These, as I tweeted out about John Diebel yesterday, these are the stories that baseball building, I'm sorry, baseball isn't boring, have been built on. Today is Jordan Weems. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. So when when you go back and you think about your evolution... Does it feel like forever ago that you were like a completely different player? I guess in the sense that you were a different player. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely does feel uh, like a good while ago. But at the same time, you know, this game kind of you know, it'll it'll pass you pretty quick. You know, you take a blink and you kind of look back and you're like, wow, that was 10 years ago. You know, that was 11 years ago. You got drafted, and so. Um, it definitely seems like a, a good while ago, but at the same time, you know, it, it's, it's, it goes by quick. Can you take me through when, well, first of all, when you were drafted by the Reds, the third round, right, 2011, yes, um, when you were drafted, was there any thought at all of, uh, well, you know, because now we talk about it all the time because of Otani, was there any thought of, well, hey, I want to try this, I want to try that, I want to try pitching, I want to try hitting, or no? Uh, and they just immediately no, just say no. Absolutely not. I mean, uh, I didn't even pitch in high school. Oh, we really? had a very very talented high school team and I never even had to get on the, the bump there so um, you know I was I was all in on being a left-handed hitting catcher so um, but you have this game has a funny funny way of humbling you and, and, and 
you never really know what your journey is going to be. You know, I found that out when I was a little younger, you know, um, trying to compare yourself to other people, especially that, cl- that draft class I was part of. Man, it was it's a good Mookie draft and class. Ba- I mean, it was unbelievable. JBJ, Mookie, uh, Barnes, Noe Ramirez, uh, Swahart, I mean, uh, Henry O. I mean, we had guys that were just really, really good. And so, you know, I, I put a lot of uh, expectations on myself and a little bit of pressure, and I, think, I feel like that had a, a, a lot to do with me not bearing being very successful uh, hitting and um, you know the Red Sox came to me and I trusted them they, they they gave me so many opportunities and they came to me and said hey like you have a great arm we, we think like you might have some success on the mound and you know I took it I took it and ran with it and, and was just a sponge and tried to take in all the information and here we are today that's crazy that, like that so you didn't pitch at all in high school no sir not at all my first you know I pitched in little league and, and, and travel ball I think the last time I got on the mound was when I was 15 years old and uh, and then I was 23 or 24 when they converted me and throwing against professional hitters in rookie ball. So who came up to you and said, do you remember that moment where they came up to you and said, hey, you've got a good arm. Maybe uh, you should try pitching. Uh, yeah, it was um, the uh, Ben Crockett at the time yeah. and uh, Fabulous, the third base coach, my manager in AAA. They, they pulled me in and I'd not been hitting well. And At that time in AA, they kind of moved me away from, from catching. They told me, you know, we like your catching. We just want to see if you can hit. So they moved me a little bit to first base, just focus on hitting and I didn't hit very well that um, first two months of the year, and uh, they pulled me in um, his office one day, and um, I, I thought I was getting released. Did you, you know? say I, I was going to ask you? Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was you know that was the time I was going to have to jump some hurdles and, and get over that. And um, sure enough, you know, sit down with a with a call with with Croc, and uh, he was like, "Hey, you know, Weimer, we we like your arm, and we think if you come down here and kind of start over and get on the mound and get get a." Uh, program going that you'll have some success I'm sure enough had you ever even like fiddled around with it fiddled around with pitching I'd always I'd always take lessons when I was younger you know it always been very informative and try to I was always I'll, I really like being that that catcher that that was hands-on with the pitchers you know in big situations I took pride in that I wanted to be a guy they could rely on so I was always taking in all the information that the pitching coaches were given um, pitchers and, and, and and everything like that and so you know doing that you know, executing that is, is, is different um, but at the same time I, I had an idea of what what they were looking for and, and kind of the pitching mechanics on that end. Can you remember so where do you go you go to Fort Myers or something? Yeah, yeah. so I was in double-a and then um, I went back down to rookie rookie ball and as a 23 24 year old and I, you know when I got drafted it was later in the year so I only went two weeks in rookie ball my yeah. whole whole career before that and that was a little humbling, you know, going down there with some younger guys and and the heat down there oh, and just yeah, everything, yeah, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's tough, but um, it was a humbling experience and I just, you know, took it and then ran with it and, and did very well down there. So when you first start doing it, I'm sorry to like to pick through this, but I yeah. find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah. When you first start doing it, you're like little things like, well, what's my pitching motion going to look like? You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I have... We're going to the Little League World Series. My mom just sent some pictures back, and and there's literally pictures of me pitching in the Little League, and it looks almost identical to, what, really? to how my mechanics are today. You know, I've made some adjustments here and there, using my legs more and things like that, but arm-wise, it looks almost identical. And so it's kind of funny how that that, that played out. And um, but yeah, I mean, I had pitched for that's for a crazy. Long so time, you so. you went from Little League to professional pitcher, basically. Basically, I mean, I, I threw my freshman year of high school, but that was like freshman ball. I mean, that's equivalent yeah, yeah, to travel baseball, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, never, yeah, yeah. never 
never towed the rubber for like a legit game for, for my high school team. As a little leaguer, as we all like, you know, if, if you're good, you're pitching and playing shortstop. Or yeah, yeah, you can yeah. kind of do everything, you know. So that's kind of what I was, you know. I was a catcher, and uh, I would come in and pitch, you know, here and there and start some games. And um, But I really took pride in catching. You know, my dad was drafted as a catcher. My brother was drafted as a catcher. And so I just – I always wanted to be a catcher, you know, and I still miss miss that. I was going to say, you know? was it hard to let go? Like, uh, yeah, oh, no, definitely. You, I mean, yeah. um, it was pretty emotional, you know, when they told me that. You know, some people think, like, oh, you get an opportunity, you just take and go, but um, it was emotional too because you, you realize that your your dreams of being a hitting, if you do this, your dreams of being a, a hitter and being a catcher in the big leagues, they're those are those are yeah, probably almost, gone. You know, it's because, almost like yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. And, and so once you kind of convert, you know, it's it's it's. I was going all in on that. You know, I wasn't going, you know, half in and, and, and going to see what happens and then maybe go back. I, I was totally in on, hey, I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And so I remember having the phone call with my dad after that and I, and I cried, to be honest with you, because it was just, it was a hard, hard thing to, to kind of come to grasp with to say, hey, like what you've been working so hard for through all of your baseball career, it's now totally taken a different path, you know? And so um, I'm glad that it happened. Looking back on it, you know, I think it was the best, the best scenario for me. And um, I'm just I'm fortunate for the Red Sox to give me that opportunity. What, what, what was your dad's reaction? Um, he was kind of the same with me. You know, you, it's always tough for your parents when you when, it, when your kid, when your son feels let down and, and yeah. emotional. And so it was tough on him as well. But he, I just remember him telling me like, if there's anybody that can do it, it's you. And so. Um, he was supportive, and, and, and I just and I took it, um, and I just ran with it. Were you good? Like, were, did you realize that, okay, I can do this? I know you probably you look back at when you first started being a pitcher about, like, you, how far you've come, and you probably dramatically different. Yeah. But were you pretty, did you like, oh, okay, I got this? The fastball had always been there. Okay. You know, that oh, was, what were you clocking um, When I first started, I think my first, we did, like, a scrimmage game, and I, and I, it was like um, it was during the time when uh, soon spring was still going on. So um, I went down and we had a scrimmage. I think I was like 92, 94. Okay. Right. So fastball had good life, you know. And um, but the I threw a big loopy curveball then and a changeup, like a four seam changeup that looks you know it's kind of flat, but just it's like 10 miles an hour different. I got swing and misses, but um, the, the big developmental side happened when I was in um, high A with Paul Abbott as my pitching coach. Yeah. He's now the Triple A with Brewster, and so I credit a lot of my success to him. You know, he told me, "Hey, that was around the time when the hard sliders. You know, if you had an electric arm, he's a hard slider." And um, they told me, "Hey, there's going to be some learning curves. We don't care if you get hit, whatever it is." And so they just banged the, the curveball and maybe start throwing these sliders and. They were cement mixers. You know? really? They were 84, 85 mile an hour, just flat cement mixers. And but to their credit, you know, I just stuck with it, and kept kept working, and kept working, and finally um, it, it clicked. And, and now that's one of my, my pitches. Was there any um, guy who, whether it's a former player or a player player who came out in a rehab assignment or or whatever that they talked, they had a, you had a conversation with that hit home. I think it was, you know, like I said, I was a sponge. I, I could, I would took any information from Lance Carter, guys who'd been there, you know, that yeah. were our pitching. And that was one thing that um, the Red Sox do really well. They got guys over there in their in their system that have been at the upper levels, and they know what's gonna what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. And like I said, Paul Abbott, and just they they really wanted me to be who I am, but also develop me into 
what pitches are going to help me out and be successful at this level. And then you become a major league pitcher. I mean, for a lot of guys, when you make the major leagues, it's, it's we have all kinds of stories. But for you, that must have been just oh my goodness, I'm yeah. a major league pitcher. Yeah, it was it was a whirlwind for sure of emotion and and. Um, you know, I always knew that I could do it. You know, once I once I went to rookie ball and I had success, and I, my fastball was getting up to 96, 97, and I knew there was other developmental sides of it having off speed because once you start getting up those levels, you got to get off the fat, you got to get them off the fastball. So, but once it all kind of came to fruition, and and when I was with Oakland in 20, um, and they told me, hey, you're going to be a big leaguer, you know, it was emotional, you know, because I knew I could do it, you know, but there's always those hurdles in baseball that. You know, your back's against the wall. You were never a pitcher. You know all those kind of things, and and so it, it was a it was a whirlwind of emotions. Do guys know? The guys know like you're like you're they know, but they don't they don't really know. You know, they know that I was a, a, a catcher, but they they kind of think the same way as everybody else, where it's like, well, you must have pitched at some point. You know, yeah. you must have you know been in high school and that kind of two way guy where if it didn't work out, you could go to pitch. Right. Well, that's that, that's exactly. what I that's what I yeah. thought honestly. Like, cause yeah. you hear all the time, oh well. When a kid's drafted, he's like, oh, I drafted pitcher slash shortstop. Right? Exactly, I mean, we're going to have him start as a pitcher, yeah. and we'll see where he goes. Because there's so many athletic kids in today's draft, too. You yeah. know, you see so many guys who are – they might get drafted as a third baseman, but they've been on the mound in college and they're throwing 95, 97 miles an hour. And they're like, okay, well, that's kind of your fallback. Well, I didn't really have a fallback. You know, all my eggs were in one basket yeah. in my head. And, and uh, like I said, I was very fortunate and very grateful that the Red Sox gave me that opportunity, and they saw that in my arm. And, and now here we are today. You played in the Little League. You piqued my interest. I haven't really asked guys. I know you guys may be talking about it. Yeah. But for you, what was the name of your Little League team? American Little League. We actually uh, played against the Northern Little League team with uh, that won it all in, I think, 07 or 08. Oh, you they did? They won it all. Yeah, they, they were a year younger than me. Um, Josh Lester, who's now with the uh, yeah. Orioles. Yeah. And uh, we had some other guys. Kyle Carter, who's a big team. He won the uh, home run, you know, the, the world power or whatever it was. Right. Like, showcase. One yeah, yeah. Videos, and, um, we, I mean, they had. So you almost went to Williamsburg. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So when I was a 12-year-old, we beat that team because they were like our rival. Yeah. You know? And so we went on, and we were one game away from uh, going to regionals and then going to Williamsport. And so we were close, but in that next year, that team ended up winning it all. Really? Yeah, they beat Japan and uh, won it all. So it was pretty cool. And then that team, a lot of those guys actually came to um, Columbus High School, and. That's why I never really had to get on the mound because oh. we had, you know, JT Phillips, who was a shortstop, who uh, threw 94, 95 yeah, in high yeah. school. We had a lefty that went to Kennesaw State, who was throwing 92, 93 as a lefty. Kyle Carter, who went to Georgia as a lefty, throwing, you know, low 90s, mid 90s. And so we had uber amounts of talent. And so, you know, that maybe, you know, looking back, I was like, man, I wish I would have got off the mound then. You see what you uh, so Well, well I listen to me, like, it's, it, yes, but still. But at the same time, you know, everybody. It's like I tell all these younger guys, you know, I've been around the game for some time now, even though it hasn't been a significant amount at this level. Yeah. Um, I've, I've taken a lot of bus rides. And so um, I think the, the best thing that you can kind of realize is that everybody has a different journey. You know, whether, it's, whether it's some guys get called up quick, some guys take a little while, and you kind of never really know when it's going to come to fruition and kind of pan out. But um, looking back on it, it's, it's funny because, like I said, I put a lot of pressure on myself as a hitter. And, you know, I wish somebody back then would just be like, hey, man, we don't care if you strike out 150 times. Just go out there and, you know, and, and have fun and, and let it loose, you know. I feel like I would have had a little bit more success. But, you know, I'm sure somebody probably did tell me that, but it's, it's hard doing that when you're, when you're putting so much pressure on I know it's a cliche question, but 
of all the people who can appreciate what Otani's doing. Oh, oh man, it's, it's, it's incredible. Right? This guy's about to get paid, paid so much money. Yeah, and, I know and that. Yeah, yeah. And he's so, yeah. and he's worth, he's worth yeah. it. That guy's can really change. But having, you know, you pitched it hit. Like, a question I would ask you, like, well, which is harder? But for you, it's, hitting was probably harder because you, yeah, I mean it's 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 funny because everybody asks me that question and it's and it's, it's it's similar. They're similar because you're competing against that guy. You know, yeah. I think I think, and I have an approach with the same. You know, when I come on my mound, I'm I'm having my approach against that hitter the same way that hitter's having an approach against me. So it's similar when that competitive juices are flowing and you're trying to get that guy out. But at the same time, you know, uh, you only get three pitches up there hitting, and hitting is very tough. So watching what Otani's doing, it's it's pretty. Pretty uh, crazy. And again, now you get to go to Williamsport. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you're looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. man, it's going to be awesome seeing those young guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, they asked me a couple days ago, you know, if you had one thing to tell these guys, and I just to take it all in, you know, because it's, like I said at the beginning of this interview, it's it goes by quick, man. You look yeah. back and you're like, man, it seems like just yesterday I was 18 getting drafted with the Red Sox, and, you know, that's 12 years ago, you know, and so it goes by quick. So just take it all in and enjoy it and, and have fun and, and Trust your talent. I do. I was just thinking this. Have you got a chance to face Pokey? I have. Yeah, he actually. Did, did he like? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. I know you. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny facing all these guys that you know. One time, I probably hit against yeah. pitchers yeah, that yeah, you know, yeah, I'd come yeah. across. Like you, you were hitters. Like yeah, we probably faded. Now look it up. Like yeah, look, I found that bat yeah. you know, and all this stuff. But yeah, man, it's crazy when you step in there against guys that you got drafted with yeah. as a hitter with them, came up, you know, with them and. And it's, it's funny, you know, so Mookie is uber talented, yeah. as you know, and, and it's always it's always kind of eye-opening when you toe in the rubber. And you were drafted him. before him. Yeah, I was. Yeah, the I round was. before, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Mookie was the round after me, and then Noe was the round after all him. All right, so. there you go. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's funny how everything well, works out. Well, you both worked out all right. Yeah, so, yeah. last question, I ask everyone this. Why, and why isn't baseball boring? And we ask everybody this, and there's no wrong answers. Um... I think it's just because it's it's uber competitive, you know. I think that that competition you have at this level, everybody's good, everybody's here for a reason. And going out there and, and just proving to yourself that you can get these guys out or proving to yourself that all this hard work has paid off, you know, it all comes around full circle. And so that's the most gratifying part of it all is going out there and competing and going after guys with your best stuff. And at the end of the day, you can hang your hat up and say, you know, I gave it my best chance, and whether you're successful or not, and, and I feel like that's that's the most glorifying part of it all is just working your tail off, and getting here, and then it all coming around and, and having success. And that's a good answer. I yeah. appreciate it. No Thank problem. You. Thank you.